Dreaming of Sunshine by Silver Queen Chapter 117 The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Chinese Proverb If I had to play another game of shogi, I was going to scream. I liked shogi as much as the next Nada. Well, maybe not the next Nada, because that was Shikamaru, and that was totally the problem. It was all he'd done since he'd come home. Just hunched over the board and played. We hadn't even done morning exercises. I was actually going to scream. My knee bounced with repressed energy. I didn't normally consider myself a restless person. I wasn't a restless person. The first few years of our lives had been pretty much this every day. I liked calm, inactivity, and not doing much. But right now, I wanted to be doing things, and I couldn't because Shikamaru was here. And I couldn't leave him. Shikamaru clicked his final piece down on the board. His victory had been coming for 12 moves, assured and unbeatable. I'd let it play out, mostly out of inertia. Stopping the game to declare victory would have only started another one, and there was no point. I win, Shikamaru said dully. Everything was dull. Everything was gray. Another one? He started picking his pieces off the board awkwardly, one-handed. I swallowed. Sure, I said, defeated. I picked up mine, so very aware that I had two hands to do it with. How much faster it went, how much easier it was, even for something so simple as this, something I would have never even thought about or considered. His left arm, what was left of it, was bandaged, just enough to peek out of the sleeve of his t-shirt. I didn't look at it, no one had talked about it, but there was no ignoring it. If you scream in the forest and no one hears it, does it make a sound? You know, I said, clearing my throat. I should summon Heijomaru and thank him for helping us. Did you want to go down to Senbei Obasan's place? No, Shikamaru said, and didn't look up from the board. I fell silent. He'll need you here, Dad had said, but it didn't look like it. Didn't look like it was doing any good. The silence between us was heavy and oppressive, and I didn't know how to break it. I was trying. I was trying, but... Shikamaru had shut me out. I guessed it was only fair. I didn't know what he wanted. His silences indicated he wanted to be left alone. I would have wanted to be left alone, but I'd been told to stay, and I thought that at any other time, he would have wanted me to stay too. Are you angry at me? I asked tentatively. It was the first time I'd referenced the mission, and I regretted it immediately. This wasn't the time. It wasn't the place. Shikamaru was hurt, and clearly still hurting. I couldn't be selfish enough to make that about me. There was a long silence. I thought he wasn't going to answer. No, he said, finally. I kept my mouth shut, didn't say anything more about the failed mission, didn't protest that he probably should be, that I'd been responsible for keeping him safe, that I'd made mistakes I shouldn't have. Shikamaru was hurt. This wasn't about my guilt. I knew how that felt. He didn't have to comfort me right now. I wouldn't put that on him. I retreated and let the endless click-clack of shogi wash over me. We were still playing when Dad came home, accompanied by Kofuku and Igaku. 
It was pretty clear what the topic of conversation was going to be when you brought R&D and the hospital into it. Shikamaru had to guess too, but he only looked apathetic. They didn't jump straight into it, but I tuned out the small talk and polite lead up. My years of experience as a wallflower were standing me in good stead here, because no one really tried to drag me into it. I understand you've already turned down the transplant, Igaku said, finally broaching the topic we all knew they were here to discuss. Though, not quite. Because, what? That was the first I'd heard of it. I'd assumed it was up for discussion. I hadn't realized it had already been discussed. I tried not to feel hurt at not knowing. This wasn't mine. It wasn't about me. To be honest, Kofuku said, picking up the thread, that's probably your best option. Our regeneration research simply isn't advanced enough to regrow an arm. We're talking years before we have working models. With a transplant, Igaku went on, the best case scenario is that you'd regain about 80% functionality. You'd be back at combat readiness after a few months of physical therapy. I don't want it, Shikamaru said. Some stranger's arm just stuck on me. He hunched forward a little bit, tucked his arm in closer like that would protect it. It wasn't a rational objection, a gut-level instinctive revulsion. In a way, I could understand it, the feeling of wrongness, of not mine, that would come of it. Is it the stranger part that bothers you? I asked too fast. The words spilled out of my mouth before they'd been considered. Dad's eyes widened. Igaku and Kofuku exchanged looks, and Shikamaru turned towards me. But it was too late to take them back. What? Shikamaru asked, voice going even flatter, like he knew what I'd asked, what it meant, where this interjection was going to go. Is it the stranger part that bothers you? I asked again, resigned. I felt like a character in a play, compelled to say my lines. Or the donor. Because if it's... I paused. Not because I didn't know what I was going to say, but because it was going to go over so badly. You could have mine. There was a chance that the Galel Stone, Chicago Stone, Heart Stone, whatever it was, would heal me. It did, had, but I wasn't prepared to count on it after it had let me down so very badly. Why would you even think that's an okay thing to offer? Shikamaru demanded, voice cracking. I shrugged and didn't look at him. Well, if your issue with it is that the donor is a stranger, and you thought, he paused incredulously, you thought that somehow that would be better? I thought it would be an option, I said calmly, carelessly, like it had been a perfectly normal back and forth, like there was no more to be said about this, no reason to get upset. It didn't work, of course, but I give myself points for having tried. It's not an option! I tried not to flinch back at the sudden volume of his voice. Yep, very much did not work. I would have to agree, Igaku Oba said, cutting in through the conversation with a calm but firm manner. She was trying to de-escalate. I could not, in good conscience, perform a surgery that left a healthy shinobi in a damaged state, willing donor or not. Konoha Hospital certainly wouldn't agree to such a thing. That only presumed if I were in a worse state than before, and though I couldn't argue such a thing to Igaku, Tsunade herself might know the possibilities of the stone, and even if she wasn't willing to test it... 
Well, once I turned up at the hospital with a spare arm. But it was all moot point if Shikamaru wouldn't take it. Totally and utterly moot. Of course he got Guobasan, I said, inclining my head, accepting her statement. She looked appeased. Dad, I noticed, did not. And neither did Shikamaru. You, he said and choked on it. His hand reached out towards me, grabbing at my throat and my neck. It wasn't fast, wasn't dangerous, but I fought down the instinctive recoil that the motion prompted. He wasn't grabbing me, though. He was grabbing the thin black leather cord around my neck, pulling free the necklace from beneath my shirt. This is it, he said, dawning with horror as if he were only just working it out. You kept it. You kept it. Maybe he was only just working it out. He hadn't exactly been in a great state of mind when he'd seen it. Probably hadn't known what I was trying to do, simply because it hadn't worked, and there'd been nothing to see. Why the hell would you keep it? Shikamaru demanded. His hand tightened into a fist and pulled slightly, drawing the cord tight around the back of my neck. It was a quick-release knot. If he pulled harder, it would come loose. You know what it did! I curled my hand over top of his and stopped him. It was mine. I thought, I said, words carefully measured, that it would be useful. My words had to be carefully measured. This was an S-rank secret, family or not, and Shikamaru had better be careful too. Why did he always try and do this in front of people? Doesn't he know it's dangerous? I met his eyes squarely and unflinching, trying to project seriousness. I'm sorry it didn't work, Shikamaru, but let it go. He dropped it like it was hot, recoiled like I'd said something terrible to him. Shit. Shit! Galel was obviously a touchy subject for him, and that piled on top of this, which was bad enough in its own right. Everything was going wrong, and there wasn't really any way for me to fix any of it. What is that? Kofuku Oba said, eyes eagle sharp. Is that part of your research project? Let me see it. I tucked it back into my shirt instead. No, it's classified. She gave me a disbelieving snort. For good reason. If you compared the security clearances of all the people in this room, I was hardly the one to be telling people things were classified. And yet... Dad nodded slowly, eyes looking between the two of us. I didn't know if he knew exactly, didn't know if Tsunade had let him in on the whole mission, but there was only one mission Shikamaru and I had been on that would be unanimously classified to everyone regardless of level. Perhaps we should get back to the topic at hand, he said, and blinked slowly, as if it had actually pained him to say it once he realized. Shikamaru groaned and covered his face. Dad, he whined. It was such a relief, such a break in tension, a return to some kind of normality. I didn't presume to think that any of this was over, but, well, I was all for postponing arguments. I was happy to postpone this one forever. Dad cleared his throat. Regardless, he said, are you certain you don't want a transplant? I'm sure, Shikamaru said, and then glared very slightly in my direction. Any kind of transplant. Keep it in mind, Igaku Oba suggested. You don't have to decide now, while emotions are running so high. Spend some time thinking about it. Unfortunately, Kofuku Oba said, 
There really isn't much in the way of alternatives. Hidden Sand has some great prosthetics, but while they're not so complicated to replicate, they're operated by chakra strings, so require a fairly decent grasp of the discipline. A puppet master like Chio might be able to do it without a thought, but it would take dozens of chakra strings operated with precision control from a stump of an arm. It wasn't exactly an easy beginner task. As far as non-permanent solutions go, she went on, the most I can suggest is some form of shadow stitching jutsu or shadow neck bind. Have you started on those already? They have, Dad confirmed, though using them without seals. Will be difficult, she agreed, and draining if you have to do it constantly. It's not going to give you anything near the utility of an actual arm either, but if you're serious about refusing simpler options... They were talking about control and mastery of a jutsu that was definitely A rank if not higher. It was a lot to ask. It wasn't... It wasn't exactly that I thought Shikamaru couldn't do it. It was just that, right now, there was no indication that he really wanted to. Shikamaru's only professed ambition had been to be average. He could still do his job in logistics with only one arm. He could still manage the kind of Konoha-based desk duty that most career chunin did. He'd be average. I wasn't... I wasn't sure how much I liked the thought. It wasn't bad. Not really. If it was what Shikamaru wanted to do and what would make him happy. But it felt so much less. Less than he could be. Than he should be. Like something would be missing. And like I would never have Shikamaru at my back again. Not directly. Every mission we'd been on together had gone terribly, and I wasn't sure I ever wanted repeats of any of those, but a more distant feeling of knowing that he was there and could handle what was thrown at him. I would move on to opponents that picked fights with Jin Churiki, and he would be helpless. And that... that thought was like a knife in the gut twisting. Kofuku and Igaku picked up and left, leaving us in a heavily awkward silence. Dad sighed and ran a hand over his face. I think we need to talk, he said gently. I crinkled my nose. That was the worst idea. Talking had really not solved anything so far. Talking was only making things worse. Shikako, he said, then stopped, almost helplessly. Shikako, no one wants you to be hurt. You understand that, don't you? I sighed and obliged him. I know that, I affirmed, and I know that my suggestion wasn't really very helpful and that Shikamaru wasn't going to agree to it. I just wanted to solve the problem. And that's all it really was, finding loopholes and solutions and zeroing in on it slightly too fast for common sense to catch up with. There had been solutions, if you regarded the whole thing as a purely intellectual exercise where people would do A if B happened. If spare arm, then transplant. Good. That's... very good, Dad said. He sounded relieved. Yeah, okay. Now that the rush of planning had faded a bit, I could see how plotting to circumvent the people stopping you from lopping off your own arm was a bit... faulty. I wasn't exactly eager to damage myself no matter what. It wasn't totally not an option, but there were probably better ones that could be explored first. 
Now, what was all that about Shikako's necklace? I hesitated. If you don't already know, we can't actually tell you, I said, when Shikamaru opened his mouth and looked like he was going to answer. I was, at least, a little more used to keeping secrets. From our parents, even. Dad narrowed his eyes, and I suspected that certain records were going to be examined very closely again tomorrow, before accepting that with a nod. Is it dangerous? he asked. No, I said. Yes, Shikamaru said. Right, of course. Clearly we agreed on everything in our lives. It killed you, Shikamaru said, starting to sound a little outraged again. It saved me, I countered, which was probably veering too close to saying too much. It's not dangerous, I reiterated. I think this is something that the two of you need to sort out, Dad pointed out. I looked at him blankly, and how did he think we would do that when we were clearly on opposite sides with neither having any inclination to budge? That sounded like a real productive use of our time. I think we've got bigger things to worry about, I pointed out. Like what? Shikamaru asked derisively. My arm? It's gone. It's not like we can do anything about that. It's not like we can do anything about this, either, I pointed out. Fairly, in my opinion. He went dangerously quiet and still anyway. It's not like I can, you mean, he said. You tried to use it. You've been using it. That had to be a guess. But he wasn't wrong, so it was an accurate one. It's not dangerous, I said, again, which was probably confirmation in its own way. I was pretty sure that the intention behind that was, you should stop. And I was just... done listening to this. This was old news. Why did we have to keep rehashing this? We had newer things, bigger problems to fry. Screw your we can't do anything, Shikamaru. I'm going to R&D, I announced, standing. I've got research to do. Don't wait up for me. I stood and walked straight out. I didn't come up with a solution overnight. Hadn't really expected that I could, really. But I'd spent the time scribbling down any hint of idea or knowledge or memory that would let me tackle the problem. Transplants were out, obviously. Shikamaru wouldn't take them. Whatever regeneration techniques Kofuku Oba had mentioned were clearly under development already. There was nothing I could do to add or to improve that. But prosthetics? Not so obviously dismissed. They couldn't be hidden sand ones. Even if we could build them, the trick was in operating them. It had to be something easy, something that didn't take mastery of a jutsu he didn't have any experience in. Had to be something almost without thought, for best results. Something you didn't have to pay attention to in order to use. Kinda like a real arm. That was a thing. I was no expert, had never had anything more than a that's neat passing interest in the subject, but I knew that you could build prosthetics that would recognize action potentials and muscle impulses to function just like a real arm did. And maybe my world had still been in the early stages of building those things too, but surely there was a way to do it. I had seals. They could substitute for electricity and machinery and operate in ways those never could. So, yeah, it was a solid avenue to explore. At dawn, I slipped back to the silent house and started cooking breakfast. Mom was still asleep, more tired than normal these days, 
And while I couldn't do anything to alleviate the stress that was happening right now, I could at least make some things easier on her. Granted, it was also much easier to do from this side of dawn rather than waking up earlier. I was still cooking when I sensed the presence approach the door, and since everyone was still asleep, I went to silently open it rather than wait for them to knock. Show off, Eno said good-naturedly, but she hadn't even raised her hand, so she'd obviously felt me coming too. I gave a semi-shrug. Everyone's still asleep, I said. She looked rough, but not terrible. Not straight from a mission or worried to death. Oh, she rubbed a hand across her face. Of course, I didn't realize it was so early. She grimaced an apology. I've been up for ages making arrangements for the shop. I waved it off. Sometimes when you were awake, it seemed like everyone else should be too. Just means that you have to help cook breakfast, I said, motioning her inside. Ah, I see your cunning ploy now, she said, sliding off her sandals and padding after me. But she tied on a spare apron without protest and picked up a knife like it was only natural. Less work for you. You know it, I said, resuming where I left off. You just get back from your mission? Yesterday, Eno said. More like last night. Dad told me all about... She waved the knife a little loosely. Stuff. Choji is probably going to come over early, too. Probably not till after breakfast, I said. She huffed, but it sounded like a laugh. Yeah, probably not. Although, if he can get two breakfasts out of it... Maybe we better make extra, I said, straight-faced. It was... better. Something about her light and laughter made the kitchen warmer than it had been before. By the time Mum had aroused and come downstairs, breakfast was mostly ready, and we'd even, mostly, tidied up the dishes as well. Oh, good morning, dear, she said, surprised. You're here early. Sorry about that, Eno said, flashing an apologetic smile. I wanted to see Shikamaru, but I guess I should have figured that that lazy bones wouldn't be up yet. Mum hesitated, torn between the usual response of going and rousing him and the way that everyone had been careful around him recently. It can wait, Eno went on freely, not seeming to notice the moment, but I knew she did. It gave me time to catch up with Shikako. We haven't done that in ages. We should go to the onsen together or something later on. We should, I agreed, though a little cautiously. That seemed a whole lot like, we should talk, and that didn't go over well, ever. As proven last night. He'll be up soon, Mum said, and accepted the cup of tea I pressed into her hands. Did your mission go well? It did, Eno said cheerfully, and then spun off a tale about the antics that Choji and Shino had gotten up to on the way. I was almost envious, but I knew that even from this mission, I could spin off a dozen small stories that were equally as harmless. It didn't mean that nothing bad had happened, only that good things had happened too. Actually, I said, you'll never guess who we ran into at the start of the mission. After the exams, the Sand siblings had to count as friends, surely. Besides, I had a feeling Ina would enjoy the improvised theater part. I was just wrapping up the retelling when Shikamaru ambled down the stairs. He was rumpled and yawning and still half asleep, and Ino went totally still at the sight of him. Then she pounced, launching herself up and across the room in one smooth move to tackle him with a hug. Oomph, he said, then managed a wheezing. Hi, Ino. 
I told you to work on your taijutsu, she said, voice slightly muffled into his neck, going high and shrill. I told you! Her voice wobbled and broke. Yeah, yeah, Shikamaru groused. I should have known you'd be the first one to say I told you so. I turned away, letting them have a small modicum of privacy. You're going to have to train so hard to make up for this, Eno went on. Don't even think about slacking off. I didn't know if she was just assuming or if she wanted him to say one way or the other what his plans were. I didn't know what his answer was. I turned back, just slightly, so I could watch out of the corner of my eye. He groaned. Leave off, Eno. I'm injured. Not injured enough to get away with a pitiful face like that, she scoffed, pulling back just a little, enough to give him a baleful stare. Everyone's being too nice to you, I can tell. Buck up, mister. I'll drag you to the training field myself if I have to. He swatted at her half-heartedly. I'm working on it. Dad's got a training plan for learning to do the clan jutsu again. It'll just be a matter of getting the seals working one-handed. Hakukun used one-handed seals at the exams, Ino said speculatively. I bet you anything that Sasuke was watching with a shouting gun. Shikamaru made a face at the suggestion of asking Sasuke for help. I'll even ask him for you, Ino said cheerily. Then you don't even have excuses not to do it. I'm not sure who you're trying to help, me or yourself, Shikamaru grumbled, but let Ino pull him towards the table. Ouch! Don't pinch me! Okay, I totally bowed to Ino's mastery of the sulky Nada. She was two for two this morning. He flunked down at the table, annoyed and irritated, but looking so much like himself again. Troublesome. Blah, blah, Ino said. Eat your breakfast. He stabbed his chopsticks into the bowl of rice, awkward, without being able to pick it up. So, Choji's back too, he asked casually. It fooled no one. Safe and sound, Eno confirmed. I bet he'll be here soon. He was. We only just finished clearing up the breakfast dishes when Choji was knocking on the door, carrying a picnic basket of food with him. I thought you might be hungry, he said cheerfully, lifting it high in demonstration. And Mum sent more of that tea for you, Yoshino-san. Mum accepted it with thanks and then booted us all unceremoniously outside. It was a perfect day, with just enough clouds to keep Shikamaru entertained. I helped Choji with the basket, less because he needed it and more to keep myself occupied while Ino and Shikamaru ambled slowly along behind us. Don't worry, Choji said, wrapping an arm around my shoulders out of the blue. Shikamaru will work it out. He'll know what to do. Choji's faith was as simple and unshakable as the sky itself. Surprising, yet it shouldn't have been. He'd always had that faith, that belief, and I dreaded the day it crumbled. I'd thought maybe this would be it, that this obvious problem would rock it. There were questions here about how things would be in the future, about how Team 10 would never be the same again, yet it hadn't. Shikamaru will work it out. I didn't know if I could believe like that, but I was grateful to Liana's strength, to trust in his trust, if only for a moment. Yeah, I'm sure he will, I said, and it was unconvincing. But, for once, I didn't have to be. We sat. Choji opened the basket, shared out food that the rest of us failed to be interested in, and started eating. Shikamaru stared up at the sky. Ino sighed at them both, but closed her eyes and looked relieved. 
I tried not to fidget and started plucking at the grass on the ground. The silence stretched, out and out and out. How many days had been exactly like this for us, and yet not the same at all? I could feel the time slipping away, wasted. There was so much I could be doing instead, and yet I remained rooted to the spot, unable to leave. I hadn't even brought my notebook with me, and it seemed... seemed like I couldn't go and get it. Like leaving would break the fragile peace. Like Shikamaru would definitely say something. And I didn't want to start that fight again, so I was stuck. So Shikamaru, Ino said almost slyly, How's Tenten? Shikamaru groaned and threw his forearm over his eyes in a move that was slightly detrimental to cloud watching. Go away, you know. It's perfectly normal to inquire about your girlfriend, she said, which told me that Ino had greatly relished being able to tease him. He made a non-committal grunting noise. How had she taken it? Ino asked, grin fading slightly. She glanced at me, eyes communicating the worry that there was a line here she had crossed. I gave a half-hearted shrug. Tenten had dropped by a few times, but Shika had been... uncommunicative. And she wasn't Eno to bully her way in and make him listen. Well, she might have been if we'd been somewhere that was more even ground. Somewhere not our house, basically, where she still seemed slightly uncomfortable sometimes, and more so when Dad was home. But they'd been stilted visits. She does know, doesn't she? Eno prodded. Yes, Shikamaru sounded like he was rolling his eyes. She's fine with it. Told me to let her know if I wanted to train. There's nothing for you to shove your nose into. Eno gave him an exaggeratedly offended look. I don't shove my nose into things, she said. I am friendly and supportive and always willing to help you with things you are stupid at, and you should appreciate that. I'm not stupid at things, he retorted, rising to her bait. You just like to meddle. Leave it alone, Eno. She frowned at him, something serious lurking just behind the facade. Don't fight, Choji said, interrupting them. He held a bag of chips as a peace offering. You should have something to eat. Healing takes a lot of energy. We just had breakfast, Eno objected, and healing needs healthy food, honestly. I sat back and listened to them bicker. The day drained away slowly, and although I was tired, once we'd all said goodnight, I found myself unable to sleep. I blinked up at the ceiling of my room and gave it up for a bad job. I got up, redressed, and left the house. Might as well get something useful done. Another late night, Takatori said, when I arrived at the research library. His eyebrows lifted in a way that conveyed meaning. I wasn't in the mood for it. Lots to do, I said, verging on the edge of polite shortness. I flicked through my notes from last night and started pulling out material to work on. People came and went as I worked and late night ticked over to early morning. It was productive. I felt like I was getting somewhere. I filled pages and pages full of brainstorms. Now it was simply a matter of getting it to work. I went home in good cheer, planning to make breakfast again, but when I got there, Shikamaru's chakra wasn't placidly sleeping. It was buzzing, hard and awake and in my room. I stared at the ceiling and contemplated, just for a second, ignoring it. I'd maybe get away with it. 
If I couldn't sense Chakra, there was no way I could know he was up there. Then I dragged myself to the stairs and went to see what he wanted. You were gone, he said, fist wrapped in my sheets and crinkling them. I'd even put the effort into making them lie flat, too. Where were you? It sounded accusing. I paused in the doorway, suddenly so, so tired. I didn't want to fight with him. Again? Ever? R&D, I said truthfully. I woke up early. I had some ideas. Didn't think you'd be up for a while. Mostly truthful, anyway. Early sounded better than all night. It was probably better this way anyway. Then I could be here with him during the day. It was what everyone wanted, apparently. His fingers uncurled. Right, he said, taking a steadying breath. Yeah, okay. Let's get breakfast started. The day went pretty much like the one before it. And so did the next. And the next. You look awful, Eno said, examining me critically. Thanks, I said dryly. She probably wasn't wrong. Spending all night researching gave me a lot of time, but not a lot of sleep. Chakra helped there, but it was starting to show. That's so sweet of you. Hmm. I'm declaring this mandatory onsen time, she said. Rest and relaxation only. You need it. Now? I asked, blinking at her. But I... I should stay. Stay with Shikamaru went unsaid, but obvious. Ino's eyes shifted over the boys, calculating. It was more than clear they didn't want to move at all. They can come with us, she proposed, and nudged my brother with her toe. Get up. We're going. Shikamaru wiggled his shoulders, like he was trying to sink deeper into the grass. Not a chance, he grunted. You go. Me and Choji are staying right here. Choji ate his chips and pretended that he wasn't in the middle of a Shikamaru and Ino squabbling match. He probably would have been perfectly happy with either outcome, because that was Choji. All right, I said resigned, because that was that, wasn't it? To the onsen. You sound so thrilled, Eno said deadpan. Lighten up, would you? I had a bit by the time we were relaxing into the hot water. It wasn't that I didn't want to be here, or want to be here with Eno. It was just that he'll need you, Dad had said. You should stay. And... Staying hadn't helped, and no one wanted me to, and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So, you look dead on your feet, Eno said. How are you really? Is it about Shikamaru? I made a half-hearted noise of sort of. I've been doing some research, looking into prosthetics, that sort of thing. Oh? she asked, interested but not expectant. How's that working out? Not well, I admitted. It was true. I was running into more hurdles than I had solutions for, and bullheaded optimism was only taking me so far. It's... complicated. I bet, she agreed. Can I help? I laughed, and the short bitterness of it surprised even me. I don't know. I don't even know how to start. I have all these ideas that should work, and I just can't... can't get them to connect. They're years ahead of anything we're currently doing. And years ahead of you too, huh? She said gently, hitting right on the nail of the problem. Nothing like this ever gets made in a week, you know. Research takes time. Inventing stuff takes time. 
If I had years, I started, and then shook my head, splashing water gently. But I need it now, I said helplessly. You don't need it now, Ino said, then charged on before I could protest. Shikamaru does. It's the same, I said. No, it's not, she countered. You guys got over being joined at the hip when you graduated. It was good for you. And now you're quiet and sad all the time. I shrugged, unable to answer. Not really. Things are just going back to the way they were. But her eyes were sharp. Compassionate and kind, yes, but sharp. I tried not to feel like this was an interrogation. It was the wrong setting for it entirely. It seemed ridiculous to picture an interrogation when we were both only wearing towels. Maybe it wasn't good for you then either, she said, but it's really not good for you now. Have you even been to see Sakura since you got home? Or Sasuke? Anyone? Gone training? None of those were a yes. We both knew it. I... I don't know what to do, I admitted, voice achingly small. Small and tired, and God, I was so tired. I don't know how to fix it, to make it better. He's hurting, and I can't help. I looked at her. I tried to save his arm, but I couldn't, and he doesn't want a transplant to get a new one, and I didn't even know if he wanted to stay a field ninja because he's not talking to me anymore. Maybe we never talked, but it just didn't matter before, and now we don't know how. It spilled out, unintentional, but now I'd started and there was no taking it back. No talking at all? Eno asked, raising her head just a little. Arguing, mostly, I said, with a bit of a lopsided smile. Not really about his arm or the mission or anything like that. It's been going on for a while, about when I got hurt. Typical, Eno said, with just a touch of humor to lighten the situation. You both worry about each other more than you worry about yourselves. I snorted. Yeah, well, I got better. He didn't. And yet somehow he thinks mine was the bigger issue. It was more serious, wasn't it? Eno said, carefully and non-judgmentally. I got better, I repeated, which was a deflection, and yet not at the same time. It doesn't matter. It happened, and it's over. It's in the past. Move on. I felt like Rafiki. It's in the past. Everything was in the past. You accepted it, or you didn't. But it wasn't going to change. It's not quite so simple, Eno said. I know, I said, waving a hand and splashing water around. I know, it makes things change. But things are always changing. We can't... We can't go back. Stupid, simple words that never quite summed up the whole of it. You couldn't turn back the clock. You couldn't undo things that had happened, even if you wanted to. You couldn't get back the world you lost. I know, Eno said, blinking her serpentine eyes at me. And trying to is only making you unhappy, isn't it? You're trying to be Shikako from the Academy for him now, and it's... It's not working. I don't know what else to do, I repeated, and hugged my arms around my knees. He wants it back, and I don't want to fight, and I can't... I couldn't sum up all the things I couldn't do. My voice choked out. Then you have to tell him that, she said, gentle but firm. 
and let him tell you whatever it is he's thinking. Maybe neither of you changes, but you have to talk. Talk and not fight. Like it was easy. Like every time we tried, it didn't end up as a fight. I'm not some endless dispenser of comfort and patience, I said, drawing on a flash of annoyance to articulate it. Why is it me that has to be the bigger person and keep calm all the time? There was an edge of resentment I tried not to let show. The feeling of when people asked more than I could give, more than I was willing to give. And I was... I was just so tired sometimes. In ways that had nothing to do with pulling all-nighters doing research. Ways that just went straight down past the bone. But the annoyance faded. Because it had to me, 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 obviously. Because I was the adult. The one who had set myself up as the one people went to for help. I couldn't just retract it because I was tired. I sighed, long and low. Hey, Eno said. It'll be okay. You'll get through this. Just because things are different doesn't mean they'll be bad. And I think Shikamaru is working that out too. Just give him a bit of time. He's dumb sometimes. I think he's just worried that you don't want to go back. That you don't... That you don't cherish what you used to have as much as he does. That you're trying to move away more than you're trying to move on. I huffed a laugh that wasn't really about mirth. I'm not trying to leave him. I want to keep him safe. I want to keep him happy. It's all about that, don't you see? I just... I don't know how to fix it. That's what you need to tell him, she said, and reached out to squeeze my hand. He only wants to do the same for you. And that's why we're arguing, I thought, but didn't say. We got back to the Nada household to find another guest. This one, slightly unexpected. Asuma-sensei, Ino said brightly. You're back from your mission! He had challenged, or been challenged by, Shikamaru for a game of shogi. The board was fairly even at this stage, and I could see more than a few strategies in the works on both sides. Are we going to have some team training? Ino asked, dropping down to sit on the veranda. Asuma puffed on his cigarette. No he said quietly. I don't think there would be much point. There was a spell of silence, not quite disbelief, but an edge of, maybe he didn't mean it like that. What? Shikamaru asked, looking slightly confused. I thought you were here to suggest it. Asuma took his cigarette and tapped the ash off into the ashtray. Tap, tap, tap. You didn't ask, he pointed out. You've never asked for training, and that's why it would be pointless. You don't think I can do it? Shikamaru asked, confusion giving way to just the barest flicker of hurt. I looked away. He trusted Asuma's faith in him, like he'd trusted Choji's. I had trusted Asuma's faith in him. He'd known how smart Shikamaru was, how good, before he'd ever done anything to deserve it. And now he was saying, You're a genius, Shikamaru. I think you could do anything you set your mind to, Asuma said which would have been support, except it wasn't. It was damning. And that's the problem, isn't it? I, Shikamaru said and faltered. This isn't a simple injury, Asuma said. It's not going to be easy to overcome, especially not if you want to surpass the level that you were at before. I am absolutely certain that you could do it, if you wanted to. 
That's what I'm not so sure about, and that's what matters right now. You're going to have to work harder than you ever have before, and that's not something that other people can do for you. I looked at Eno. She didn't look like she'd expected to hear any of this, either. Your intelligence could still take you a long way, Asumo went on. You'd make special joning for tactics easily enough. But not in the field, and not with Team Ten. Eno looked gobsmacked. Asuma sensei He gave her half a smile. I'm not making it a ruling, he said. I'm not kicking him off the team. I don't have that power. Not anymore. What I'm saying is this. If you can't fill your role on the team, then the team won't be deployed. If you can't keep up with Eno and Choji, then you'll be dragging them down. And right now, you can't. Something cold gripped the spaces around my heart and filled them up. You let your team down. That most damning kind of words in Konoha. And he wasn't wrong. If Shikamaru couldn't do something, Ino and Choji would do everything they could to make up for it. And that would be extra strain on them, two sides of a triangle holding up the third. And that was dangerous. I won't, Shikamaru said, staring down at the shogi board. I won't let them down. It's not going to be easy, Asuma repeated. And there's only so much we can do to help you. It's going to come down to you, Shikamaru, and how much you're willing to do. I said I won't let them down, Shikamaru repeated back, a bite of irritation in his voice. You said I could do it if I decided to. Well, I'm deciding to. Asuma leaned back like that was all he'd ever wanted. It probably was. He clearly didn't want Shikamaru to give up on being a ninja or anything silly like that. But the game had changed. It was more serious now, and maybe Shikamaru needed to see that. Or, no, I was sure he saw it. Death was a real possibility, and had been for quite some time. People broke into our homes. We got hurt. We had to step up what we were doing about it. It didn't seem right after that to bring up a conversation that was sure to lead to a fight, nor the next day when Dad invoked clan training. It should work, Shikamaru said, fed up and completely frustrated after an hour of trying to do even the simplest of shadow jutsu working without seals. I know how to do it. He sounded mutinous, as if betrayed by his own failure. Hmm, I said, instead of repeating the spiel about the properties of hand seals and how ninja experienced in certain jutsu could do away with them. We'd almost been up to that stage with shadow possession jutsu, only the rat seal at the end. He knew it all. He was just frustrated. You'll get there, Dad said. You just have to relearn it for your new circumstances. Don't try and enforce it. There's no hurry. The thing with being smart was that you weren't used to not getting it. Even when we'd learned this for the first time, we got it. It hadn't exactly been easy, but we hadn't struggled either. Not the way that some people struggled to learn things. It probably wasn't the same even now. It was just things suddenly seemed so daunting. I left Shikamaru to it and started working on the shadow neckbind jutsu. It hadn't been my focus. I'd seen far more use in the shadow-stitching tendrils and their solidity rather than the pseudo-hand of the neckbind. Now the opposite was true. Or rather, a mixture of the both was true. The three-dimensional solidity of shadow-stitching combined with the shape and control of the neckbind. Dad was watching me closely. After a second's hesitation, I ran the idea past him. 
He was experienced, not just in the clan style, but in creating them, altering them, and there was no reason to keep this secret, no reason to not ask for his opinion on how to make it work. Sometimes, it felt like I was juggling too many knives, unsure which ones I could let go of. Hmm, Dad mused thoughtfully. Not a bad plan. How long can you hold the stitching jutsu for? Not long, I admitted. They were created to stab something, to thrust and maybe to tie it down afterwards, not to be held for a long time. Though even shadow possession would only last a few matter minutes. I'd have to find a way, some way to exceed that kind of limit, whether it increasing chakra or putting excessive strain on my concentration. I could anchor it to a seal. That might help keep it going, but I'd still have to have a jutsu to work with first. Actually, that might help with the chakra drain too, if it just recycled the same chakra instead of having to be activated and then lost. It would be like my lightsaber in a way. It would still take a lot of concentration to control, but not to hold or to keep going. It wouldn't be as good as a real arm, a thing you could move without paying attention, but it would be something. If I can make it work. And if I couldn't manage to combine neckbind and stitching, surely my shadow state could provide some kind of inspiration. After training, I expected Shikamaru to go back to the shogi board, but he didn't. He marched grimly out of the compound and towards the training field. I fell into step behind him, even though he'd said nothing and hadn't asked me to come. It was natural by this point, an old habit I hadn't realized I'd broken. I knew the place as we got closer, and wasn't surprised to find Tenten there practicing her aim. There was a whole host of targets peppered with an assortment of weapons, not all of them meant for throwing. Hey Tenten, Shikamaru said, as casually as he could muster. You still up for that training? She greeted him with a smile, bright and enthusiastic. I let them be, hanging back. Lee was here, too, working on punching a training log to death. I probably shouldn't interrupt that. Instead, I went through a series of stretches, warming up thoroughly because I'd done nothing since returning home. It felt good to get back into it, to start moving again. But I could watch Shikamaru and Tenten as they too warmed up and began to spar. It was clear for the first time how awkward Shikamaru was in his skin, how much his ability to fight was affected. Even just in this, the barest of taijutsu with only kunai involved, he had to work twice as hard to fend her off. Tenten wasn't exactly going easy on him, but she was working out his limits and new weakness, quick and progreen, finding the places he could and couldn't reach in time to defend. Shikamaru wasn't taijutsu fighter, wasn't short range, but it was still the foundation of any ninja fight. He would be in trouble if it came down to it. Shikako-san, Lee said, and I tore my eyes away from their fight to meet his inquisitive gaze. Are you also looking for a sparring partner? I hadn't been, but the offer was good. Too good to pass up. It would absolutely 100% suck, because I was not on Lee's level. But it was too good to pass up. I would be honored. I said, 